Good morning. My name is Joe. My pronouns are he and him. Yeah, the week that our province celebrated the hypothetical end of COVID, I got COVID. Behind the trend as usual. So I'm here and you're there. And this is not how I wanted this day to go. But me and my family are safe, relatively healthy. We have much to be thankful for. So how's your bomb shelter coming along? I like to start off my sermons with something lighthearted, but that one falls pretty heavy. Not so veiled threats of nuclear war coming from the other side of the planet this week. The morning I wrote this, the headlines were about an attack on a nuclear plant. Accidentally or on purpose, it feels like this whole thing could go sideways real fast. It brings to mind Cold War days, air raid drills, children taught to hide under their school desks, stories for some of us, memories for others. Scary, traumatic stuff. Of course, the direct danger is present and ongoing for the people of Ukraine and Russia. The bombs are falling, people are dying, refugees are fleeing, and armies are advancing. My God, my God, why have you forsaken us? How long must we sing this song? I'm not making any kind of comparisons, but we do have our own re very real and present dangers in our community as well. As I said, this week my family is isolating due to COVID, positive COVID tests. We're fine, our symptoms have thankfully been mild, but seeing that unwelcome stripe on the COVID test, that's a sobering thing. I'm so grateful for the protections we've received through the vaccine and boosters. And I'm well aware that our hospitals are still full of people struggling with this disease. 1,137 people in our province have died of COVID-19. 44 more deaths reported last week. Other lives have been jeopardized due to the strain on the healthcare system, the costs borne by healthcare workers, the countless damage to mental health and relationship and financial struggles. You know this, and you know that the restrictions, the end of the restrictions won't make any of this go away. Much of this damage will linger long after the immediate healthcare crisis does recede. Within all of this, we enter the season of Lent with a call to move from security to generosity. Focus statement, as we seek God's way, we move from prioritizing our personal security to living with generosity towards our neighbors. Gotta say, in my gut, I wanna reject that call. I long for security. On the Enneagram map, I identify strongly with type nine and type six. Type six is all about safety. Type nine wants harmony and comfort, a lack of conflict. Security is where I live. And that's pretty basic. Security is a fundamental life force, air, food, water, shelter. Our tenacious pursuit of these essentials drives us and defines us, duh. So I start out with resistance to this call. Hey, watch it. My personal security matters to me. Of course, it's a priority. At the same time, I also feel the tension of that, that security is an endless pursuit. The impulse of my type six side is to always think ahead, always be prepared. What if <clears throat> I mentally rehearse scenarios and conversations? I thrive on predictability, patterns and control. That can be a gift, 
Before I had even tested positive for COVID this week, I had plans in action for this scenario, this video sermon. I knew all the things that needed to be covered if I couldn't be at the church service today. Everybody relax, I have a plan. But the what if contingency planning can quickly spin out of control. Well, I need multiple plans. I need backups and backups to my backups. I have to constantly reconfigure. I have anxiety over details that I might have missed. Worries about not having planned far enough ahead. Shame because well, I should have known this was coming. I should have done more to avoid this in the first place. And all of that planning puts me at the center of the story as I'm telling it to myself. I have to make sure everyone knows that I have COVID so they don't think that I'm just letting them down. I've been at the center of most of the planning of the details for this service. Maybe I'm essential. Maybe I should push the edges of my COVID quarantine and, and show up at church anyway. Maybe we should just postpone the whole in-person thing for another week. How can they possibly have church without me? That's ridiculous. But the thought did cross my mind for a second or two. As did the other side of the pendulum swing. Get real. They won't even notice if you're not there. It's just a sermon. It's not like you actually matter. Ouch. I've been playing this game long enough to recognize when I'm playing it sometimes, but still. That's the trap of type six. Because of my constant pursuit of security, I am constantly feeling insecure, always aware of just how close to the edge I am. It's an illusion, of course. I'm not statistically in any more danger than most people. My life is quite stable and comfortable, relatively. And after 10 years, I think that I know that I belong here in this church, I think. But I rarely feel good about all those things because my constant attention to the lack of security makes me ultra aware of just how impossible security actually is. Security is like that. There's always something out of reach. I want food, shelter, safety for myself and for my family, obviously. Well, I mean, my extended family, for sure. Oh, yeah, all of you, too. I want security. I want security for my friends, for my community. When you are threatened, I feel threatened. And, well, I, I want security for my stuff, too. I mean, if my car window is smashed and someone goes through my glove box, I feel threatened by that. I need insurance to cover that. I need house insurance, liability insurance, travel insurance. Thanks be to God for Canada, my future health care costs are covered. Well, except for prescriptions and dental and eye care and all of that. Better get supplemental insurance coverage. And of course, I need to secure my future. Solid pension or retirement investments. And obviously, it's not just my future. I need life insurance. I need to know that my loved ones will be taken care of after I'm gone. Life insurance. I get it. I have it. I have benefited from it. But come on, humans, we are mortal. We have limits. Secure your future as if, if only. That's the illogical spiral of security. Always another level to protect. Always another reason to feel insecure. That same spiral operates on the collective level. We start out wanting to protect our loved ones, and before long we are talking about securing our borders, protecting our freedoms, defending our way of life. That pattern continues. Security for me and mine expands until it comes at the cost of or creation of insecurity 
for others. This war in Ukraine is driven, driven by real or imagined threats to the security of Russia, or at least threats to its leadership, which is not all that different from wars in Afghanistan, Syria, Yemen, Palestine. My government supports wars of security. My tax dollars buy weapons of defense. My security causes harm and loss to others. Security is a basic human need, a fundamental right, and it is a heck of a drug. As we enter Lent, we again hear this famous Jesus story, the journey into the wilderness, 40 days in the desert with no food, no preparations. What stands out to me today is that this is the opposite of that security spiral. Jesus is placing himself in harm's way intentionally. The wilderness in the Jewish tradition isn't evil itself. It's often a sacred place. It's where the prophets encounter God. But wilderness is wild, unsettled, testing the limits of endurance. The wilderness around Galilee was a place of bandits, wild animals, few resources, little shelter. Jesus is intentionally placing himself at the heart of insecurity, vulnerability. In his confrontations with the caricature of evil, the tempter picks up on this right away. You know, you don't have to be hungry. You don't have to be weak. You don't have to be unguarded. You could fix this. You could use this. You could defend yourself. You could shape this to your benefit. You could be in control. And to each temptation, Jesus responds, there is more to life than what you're offering. There's more to life than bread, a full belly. There is more to life than authority, raw power, and domination. There's more to faith than not falling, protection from harm. That's Jesus' introduction to his calling, the repeated insistence that there is more. The demonstration that security, physical, emotional, even spiritual safety is not his goal. His goal is wholeness, unity, oneness with God, with people, with everything. The scriptures that Jesus keeps throwing back at the devil are from Deuteronomy 6, the Shema. Hear my people, Yahweh is our God, Yahweh is oneness. You shall love your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your might. Wholeness, God is one, and the invitation is to wholeheartedly join in God's oneness. Episcopal priest Cynthia Bourgeau says that the goal is personhood, to be one in whom the whole resounds. Here I go again, preaching about something before I fully understand it. Personhood is to be one in whom the whole resounds. Per meaning through and sone meaning sound, a person has sound moving through them. Resonance. Many of us have felt that kind of resonance with the whole through the UK Ukraine crisis. This is not our fight in some ways. It's half a world away. We are still feeling it. We're feeling the tension of imminent invasion, feeling the fear of those being bombed, feeling the courage of leaders rising to the occasion. Yes, that is right and good and true. Feeling the people giving themselves fully to the struggle, 
with conviction, with righteous anger, with compassion, with resilience, with mercy. That could be me. I would like to see myself responding in that way. What can I do to join in with that? I stand with them, even from here. The world is resounding with the trauma of Ukraine. And that's terrible, and it's beautiful. It's also quite limited. We're with you, but only so far. We can't poke the bear too much. The bear has nukes. We don't want to escalate. Understandable. Seems like good strategy. Our security is at risk. That is important. And our security, need for security, is putting a damper on our resonance. That's what the security spiral does. It cuts off our resonance. It leaves us muted and diminished, tuned out to the vibrations of the world. I feel the pain of the Ukrainians, but we have to keep our distance. You understand. War in Yemen. Well, I'd better not even feel that pain. My government is providing weapons to the aggressors in that one. Vaccine resistance in my family. Well, they're putting my family at risk. They're forcing me to confront my own fears. I'll give them a label and push them away. Name your conflict. Insert your own defensive reactions. Many justified. Life is complex and filled with instability. Resounding with the whole is risky business. And, Jesus says, humanity doesn't rely on bread alone. There's more to life than staying alive. That's the invitation of Lent, to find ways to lift the damper on our resonance. The pursuit of security feels like wisdom, I know. And God's ways are higher than our ways. There's a wisdom beyond ours, the wisdom of the whole, the wisdom of ecosystems where every organism, every action has a part to play. The wisdom of the seasons, where the hardest parts of one create the conditions of flourishing in the next. The wisdom of width and depth and connection. The wisdom of shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Everything belongs. That is a whole lot of abstract thinking. Let me try to bring that back down to earth. A lot of us learned that Lent is about separation, about giving something up, using sacrifice to demonstrate a longing for God and creating space to hear God's voice. There is a place for that. Jesus left the distractions of his home to focus on God's presence in the wilderness. Separation and sacrifice can help us to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength to resonate with the whole. But the point was never about the separation. The point was the connection. There are lots of ways to resonate with the fullness of God. God is in the wilderness, and not only in the wilderness. My high school English teacher used to say that prepositions are anywhere a mouse can go. And of course, that is where God is as well. And so while you may want to give up something for Lent, I'd like to suggest some other prepositions that may be equally helpful in tuning in to the spirit and resonating with the whole. Give instead, a favorite of my pastor friend, Ingrid. 
She'd suggest that you might complement giving up something for Lent by also taking on something for Lent, usually a spiritual practice. So instead of grabbing a cup of coffee, you could use that time to say a prayer of gratitude instead. Or write a letter instead of logging on to Instagram. Or start a bedtime journal instead of reading a novel. Instead of focusing on sacrifice, the point is redirection, giving a different kind of energy and focus to your routine. We are a little late with this this year, but in your emails from the church office this week, you will find this year's Lenten prayer guides. So that might be one practice that you might take on instead. Or maybe, as our theme for today suggests, you could be intentional, intentional about moving from security to generosity by giving something away for Lent. Instead of building that bomb shelter in your basement, give that money to International Crisis Relief. Find a new nonprofit to support and learn about. Take a risk, donate something that, you, that would truly benefit people on the other side of a conflict. Or maybe you have something that's been getting in your way that might be helpful to someone else. You can combine the Lenten purge with a connection with someone else. There are lots of good options for generosity, lots of different kinds of gifts and ways to make space for giving away. Those are still pretty traditional Lent suggestions, so here are a couple more that are further outside the box. I like this one. This year for Lent, I'm just giving up. That's meant to be a joke but it might also be good spiritual practice. Some of us are very invested in effort and solutions. I can fix that. I have an opinion about that. My involvement is essential to that. Maybe, or maybe that's just a shield of ego. What would happen if instead I just gave up instead? Not, not caring, but intentionally not doing, fixing. This news story is tragic and I have zero idea how to resolve it. Not gonna ignore it, but I don't have to have an opinion about it. I don't have to do something that makes me feel better about it. I learned a new week word this week, non-closure. I don't like that word. What could happen if I just gave up and embraced the dissonance, the unfinishedness? I could use some practice at that. Another one give with. This one doesn't even have to be uncomfortable. Direct connections with people who are not me is a great way to resonate more with the whole. So join a team or a book club, take a class, tutor an ESL student, volunteer with that organization that you've been wondering about, grab a coffee with that person that you used to know before the pandemic that you've lost touch with. Wear a mask, obviously. There are still 350 people in the hospital with COVID but find a way to connect. Other people contain different parts of the whole. One final preposition for Lent, give yourself to something. Maybe that's getting, maybe that's something uncomfortable. Instead of turning away, I might research the war in Yemen and my conflicted connections to it. Or it doesn't have to be something heavy. It could be something that you've had a passing interest in, but haven't taken the time for. I'm not a quilter, but some people love it. Maybe I'll join the quilters for a while to see where that passion comes from. Or maybe it's a new challenge or goal, something fun that you haven't been able to do for a while, a cause you've been meaning to research, a culture that you would like to understand better. Maybe it's as simple as making space to listen to whatever it is that's going on inside you. Engage, invest yourself, join in, 
and get close enough to feel the vibrations. Whatever draws your attention to the whole resounding in you. Another word for that is communion, the sacrament of unity with God in Christ. The bread and juice remind us of Jesus. God embraces this life. God shows up in flesh and blood, and we are invited to join in, to eat and drink so that the body of Christ becomes part of our bodies. And somehow we also become the body of Christ, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Eileen is going to come and lead us in the ritual, Lachaim to life. <laughs>